Greg, Maya, and Betty are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They're just a bunch of nerds who enjoy talking about movies, shows, and current events. So sit back, grab a coffee, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of All Queued Up. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of All Queued Up, the review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc., etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Dietz. With me always is Maya Don Fisher and Betty Badger. How's you, how's everyone been? How's how you how you two been? How's everything going? How you doing? How you doing? Maya. Uh, oh, okay. I was always I always defer to you. I was going to let you go. Uh, I've, I've been doing really good this week. Uh, more exciting news. Uh, got a letter from the Social Security Administration saying that my Social Security number has been updated to my new legal name. And I'm just waiting on the uh, new card to arrive any day so I can go get my ID and all my banking information changed and updated. And then I'll be 100% totally legally Maya forever. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so oh, you right. know, there's been that. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Did you did you know that today, the day of recording this, is uh, Trans Visibility Day? I did. I did. I became aware yeah. of that late last night. I did uh, not know so. that. So that's new information for me. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So that's cool. And 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 to be and it's a day that I'm not even on camera. I mean, what the hell? Yeah, what have, is up but, with that? Because I thought you were gonna get ready, girl. I was going to, and then I just I kind of hurt my knee a little bit, and I'm not feeling too good as a result. Mm. And I didn't sleep well. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not going on camera today. Okay. Well, how are you uh, doing? I am now fully vaccinated. Yay. Um, Two more weeks for me. Well, yeah. um, Jeff didn't handle it that well, but he's over it. Um, I was fine. I didn't have any like, you know, flu like symptoms or anything. Um, I I don't know. Whatever. Cool. You know, so happy about that. And, uh, yeah, life has been pretty blah. So, <laughs> how about you, Greg? Oh, it's been all right. Like, uh, lost uh, lost a Facebook friends this week, and had to take my girls in for like their comprehensive last night. The the chihuahuas that we have. Your oh, I was gonna say your yearly mammogram, but then you said chihuahuas. So, intention. So, uh, <laughs> no, they came. They came home uh, uh, very, very, very like still on the um uh almost said anesthesia uh no anesthesia is right sedated. sorry yeah. Anas- yeah they were very they were very sedated like like they <laughs> so the biggest issue that we have around here is that we're, we 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 fed the girls too much my dad you know fell for puppy eyes and feed them table scraps all the time so they just got fat so we've been we've had them on a very strict diet so they can lose a lot of weight and they've lost some weight so it's been good but the other issue is is that like my parents aren't brushing their teeth ever. 
So they're literally falling out of their head. And the girls, one of the things that we pay for when we do these comprehensives is a, is a dental exam, a dental cleaning, if you will. And, uh, of course, teeth fell out because, you know, a, they're Aww. age chihuahuas, and this is a common thing. But also, like, we should have been taking care of their teeth more commonly, which I, again, I'm in my room most of the time. I'm not around the girls all the time. So, uh, but I, I, I suppose I should have been more on my mom about it, but whatever. Um, when I went to go pick them up last night, uh, the, the girls, like, giving me all the information about, like, antibiotics because, you know, their teeth fell out and, and pain pills and all this kind of stuff. And she goes, um, also, uh, do you want to keep the teeth? <laughs> I went, no, fucking you. And she, she laughs and she goes, you wouldn't believe how, what people like want to keep. I was like, I get it. Uh, still gross, still you. Um, and she goes, well, you know, people keep their, their kids, baby teeth. And I went yeah. again, again, still you still gross. <laughs> You could think that, but that's your kid, man. You know, that's not, your kid. I'm not making mm -hmm. dolls out of them or anything, but I have them in a little box kept away Gross. because it's Gross, just, the, yeah. Well, I still have the stick that I peed on that showed me I was pregnant with her. And that was fucking well, 17 years ago. <laughs> it's uh, sentimental, I, man. I get, uh, well, I mean, if you know, but me, I ain't keeping you know my I'm pet's like, teeth. I'm not keeping my pet's teeth. They fall out. Oh, yeah, well, you, know, se whatever. <laughs> you wouldn't take, you wouldn't take sentimental dogs or cats teeth and make some like spiky little earrings out of them. I am not that person. <laughs> Yuck. Yucko. <laughs> uh, I, I'm very much, if you know me, I'm very much, I, I don't, I don't like sentimental things. I don't like traditional things like, or like traditions as a whole. I think that they're silly. Um, uh, my dad, you know, he talks about all the time, like when I pass, Greg, what do you want? Well, like, what do you want to keep from me? And I was like, I'll take the, the fucking Star Trek Barbie that you have, because that's a cool little thing. And he was like, you don't want this or this. I'm like, dad, I don't care. Like, uh, the, the, the memory I have of you and the lessons you taught me are way more important than the shit you have. <laughs> so that's, but that's, again, that could be just the way that's, that's nice person speak for saying, I don't like any of your crap, dad. <laughs> it's not that like he has an Errol Flynn because uh, they, they they filmed uh, the Errol Flynn uh, uh, Robin Hood and Chico. So my dad actually has a poster signed by Errol Flynn, and it's a cool That's thing. Cool. And and it like if I were to get it, I think that was rad. Um, but. In my mind, that's an item that either A, I can keep on my wall and be like, that's a cool little trinket that I have, or B, fucking sell it and be like, thanks, Dad, for the money. Like, it's not a thing that represents him as a person to me. And and I think that items don't represent people as a whole. And that's just how my brain works. So I'm fucking weird. I get it. Don't judge me. Don't you fucking. I see you, <laughs> audience member, watching this judging me. Don't you fucking judge me. Again, I don't like being hugged, so... Well, you know, that's the thing. I don't either. Lydia doesn't, you know, either. I mean, I've made it very clear to family members, if she doesn't want to hug you, you don't get to hug her, you know? that That's her choice, her body, her choice, you know, whatever. Except for Heather always invades that space, and it's hilarious. Lydia takes it like a champ, though, you know? I mean, Heather's very much a touchy-feely person, and we are not a touchy-feely family, you know? It's... yeah. I love you. I will tell you, I love you all day long, but I don't have to touch you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, hey, tell me very, that you love me and then make a joke about me and we're good. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very handsy. 
Look, don't you fucking touch me. Very Maya. Oh no, no. I'm sorry, but you're getting hugged. When you finally make it over this way, the next time you do, you're so getting like just the rapiest hug I can produce. Boy, that's Uh, fair. Fair warning. That's you know. I'll stay. I'll stay in California. I appreciate it though. No, no. Uh, No, I. Like the truth, truth be told, like even though I don't like hugging and I don't like being touched, I still, I still hug. If you know, I haven't seen somebody in a long time and they want a hug, I'll just be like, eh, whatever. It's not like I'm like, fucking get off of me. It's not. I don't. Oh yeah. You it. will be by the time I'm done. Don't sound like that. Well, I mean, you know, honestly, we were raised in a generation where, yes, you had to hug people whether you liked it or not. So we just learned how to deal with it, you know? I mean, yeah. it's just... It's that's, like, how, you that's know, how I see it. Yeah. Deal with it. You know, it's just one of those things. My it's nephews like watching, love... Like, go ahead. It's like watching some of them old um, 1950s uh, PSAs that they would show school children. You know, and... It was just pretty much expected back then that women had to take being touched by men. And this was very much implied in a lot of these videos. And I'm like, wow, this is some fucked up shit you taught our children. No wonder the boomers are fucked up. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> now yeah. I know why. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I very much like uh, my nephews. Uh, loved to to hug me when I'd come over and I'd just deal with it, you know, like pet pet. Um, but the one thing they did that I couldn't, like, I was like, you got you you can't do that with me was cuddle. Get off of me! <laughs> I'm already hot. Get off of me! <laughs> I love you too, bud. Get off of me! <laughs> like my the the girlfriends that I've had would want to cuddle, and I'm like, let's do something else where we're not on top of each other. Is that cool? That, you need like, to find a girl who doesn't like cuddling too, because I'm one of those people. It's like I love Jeff to death, but after a couple of minutes, he he's like a bear. He radiates heat, and I'm just like, okay, you have to you have to back off now, man, because I'm sweating. You know. <laughs> the last girl that I was with was just like, I like cuddling with you because you're so warm, and I'm like, and I don't like it because I'm about to fucking start sweating through my asshole. Can we please just do yeah. do something else? <laughs> That's called diarrhea. (laughs) Don't. I said a second ago, Maya, not to judge me. And then you go and judge me about the diarrhea when I'm hot. No, not at all. (laughs) Could you imagine that if somebody actually had that like weird disability where they were just like, when I get really hot, it's just liquid death. (laughs) No, no. That's their mutant power. Shittiest mutant power ever. It's like what you mean, no, power? No, oh, I sweat this through my asshole. Powers. <laughs> this shit is mean powers. The one you sent the this yesterday about the Ted Cruz thing. Oh, that was funny. That was so bad. That was so bad. Oh, it was funny. Instead of instead of the sneak, sounds like just plunging pot, hot dogs into pudding. <laughs> no, uh, I was. Was that you and somebody else, or did you just find that as a meme? Uh, I found that as a meme. Sadly, I wish I had come up with that. Oh my god, it was so fucking funny. The the for the audience who doesn't who hasn't seen it, it's it's literally somebody was like, uh, because of Ted Cruz's like weird mutton chops that look off off kilter, and it's just he goes instead of uh, claws, it's just three penises that come out of his hand, and 
but they're like flaccid still. <laughs> it sounds like plunging hot dogs into pudding. We're shaking around a half full jar of mayonnaise. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. The, the one like back in the day, I used to gross people out by saying like, do you know what uh, necrophilia uh, sounds like? And they're like, no. And I'm like, take a large jar of mayonnaise and just stick your fist in it. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Uh, anyway, guys. Hi, welcome to the podcast. If you're new, I'm sure we chased you off. Uh, <laughs> if you're still here, fuck yeah, you're that kind of people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, we're going to be reviewing uh, two things today. The episode two of Falcon and Winter Soldier and uh, Betty brought something up to us, like I think it was Saturday, well after recording uh, a new show on Netflix called The Irregulars, which we'll get into that as the second discussion today. Um, but uh, yeah, before we get into that, I wanted to ask you guys, when will the uh, religious right realize that when they start making a big deal about something because of a Satanistic thing that we're just going to keep like it's going to get more and more popular? Like when will they realize that? I don't think they ever will. God, this Nas, this little Nas X thing is so fucking funny to me. Oh, it is. I've, I've not even, I've not even watched it yet, but I'm like, <coughs> neither you know, have I. I, 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 I sent y'all I've the seen, link. <laughs> I know, but I had to watch the Irregulars. I'll put it this way: I I'm not take the three minutes. I'm genuinely not the world's biggest fan of Little Nas X music. Like Old Town Road was okay, um, but it wasn't like a great song. It's catchy. Sure, it was catchy, and that's that's why it was popular for a hot minute. Um, and I've heard snippets of "Call Me by Your Name" on TikTok, um, and it sounds fine. Like I'm not sitting there, but like it's it's a bad song, but it's definitely not my jam to begin with. I was surprised. Um, I actually liked it, you know, and the video was cinematically very well done. It was a very beautiful video. Even Jeff said it was a beautifully done video. Yeah, I, mean, I, I definitely uh, need to watch the video because I want to, I want, because I've seen like clips of it on TikTok and uh, the funniest joke to me on TikTok, by the way, Betty, that you would fucking get a kick out of is uh, people like in at, at the gate of heaven going like, yeah, I was like, I, you know, I was a good person or something like that. And then all of a sudden the song just like goes from like, yeah, like, <laughs> And they're like, oh, shit, was that Little Nas X? <laughs> fucking killing me. It's so fucking Yeah, it's funny, a but, stripper uh, pole. He's got a stripper pole from heaven all the way to hell. It, I yeah. mean, just fabulous video. God, Actually a good song. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, good for him. I love it. The Satan shoes, fabulous. You know, you go for yeah, that. I, guess, I don't know whose guess... blood they're putting in there. I hope it's not like, you know, sweatshop people or some shit, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's where they get it. They have to. I think they're contractually obligated to get the blood I mean, of sweatshop workers. For me to buy those shoes, I want little Nas X's blood in every fucking pair. You know, <laughs> that would be dedication <laughs> yeah, like, right there. They're just like ninety nine percent, ninety nine point nine percent fucking red dye, and then a drop of human blood. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. So who cares? Like, and that could be a total fucking lie. Like, I don't, it doesn't matter because you can't fucking, you're not going to be able to be like, oh, we'll prove it. Well, you know, as bad as conservatives tend to be at the telephone game, I'm surprised they're not claiming that he's making them out of fetuses or something at this point, aborted fetuses. Yeah. You know, I mean, 
Uh, that's did what you guys they, see the? That's what that's what they use to make the little plastic tabs on the end of the laces. Oh yeah, the <laughs> I can't remember what those are called, but they have a name. Agula. Yeah. Did you did you guys see sure. the uh, uh, the um, the 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 conversation between Little Nas X? Not conversation. The whatever the fuck you want to call it between him and Caitlyn Bennett on Twitter. No, but I saw an edited version of Caitlin Bennett's comments and just made my absolute day. Oh my god! The the best part was like she got all fucking weirdly racist and was just like, um, like, uh, uh, do you miss your dad or did your dad leave or something to that effect? And uh, his Whoa, response was like, "Not only racist, it's classist, bitch. You know, yeah, you think yeah. rich people's daddies don't go away because they do." Like, yeah, you know? it's it so fucked up. And then, so his response was so great, and it was, uh, it was like basically like, no, my dad, you know, he didn't leave, but I'll come over there and fuck your dad. <laughs> it's like, damn, damn, dude. <laughs> yeah, I saw an edited comment of that. Somebody took her comment and edited it and said, at least I can per- procreate with my dad. <laughs> is what her response was. That's. That, I mean, I wouldn't she put a password. Type that shit. God, it's she so fucking doggy. funny. But yeah, I think you know that's like Little Nas X got the best fucking uh, 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 advertisement he could ask for by the the the, the religious right saying oh, like yeah. this song, you know, like holy shit, like I, if if I like for if I was him, I'd be ecstatic right now, which I'm sure he is. I legitimately, hundred uh, percent, am sure that he's just like this is the greatest thing in my life. Well, you know, it's one of those things, I'm sorry, every time I hear that conservatives don't like a new piece of media, I immediately seek it out to see what the conservatives don't like, because I'm going to love it. I know if they hate it, I'm going to love it. So Pretty much. That's just how I roll. Pretty much. I mean, it's it's a feast on conservative tears. (laughs) All right. Well, doctor okay, said I had uh, way too much sodium in my diet as a result. Don't oh shit. Yeah, well, salty tears will do that. Uh all right. Well, let's talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier episode two. Let's let's dive into that bitch. Um, in in this episode, uh, this is the first time that Bucky and 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 Sam are meeting for the since you know end game. I imagine. Um. Because they didn't meet in the first in the first episode, uh, and there is now conflict between them because uh, Sam, you know, basically gave up Captain America's shield, and Bucky's not okay with that. So they, you know, they team up to go fight the the Flag Smashers or to find out more information about them. And in the process, the fucking banter between them was so much fun. So, what's their official name? The bad people. The, the flag smashers. Now, see why? Why not just call them the red hand? Because there's a big fucking red hand on their masks. Because the red hand, the red hand already exists within the Marvel, like canon. Also, they're then probably why did they even later. do that? Well, they're not called the red hand. They're just called the hand, and their colors are red. Uh, but yeah, that's weird. I can tell. I can tell you why. I can tell you why they call them the flag smashers. It's because there's a character in the comic books called. Flag Smasher, and his name is Carl Mortenthau. Where in the show they wanted to have that character 
be a big part of Bucky and Sam's story because the Flag Smasher fought Captain America a lot. Um, and one of the big themes of the show that they're really diving into is the repercussions of having a fucking superhero with the goddamn American flag on it. And the comics dived into that quite a bit. One of the big themes of this show that I think is super fucking important, um, and we'll talk about in a minute, is um, uh, his last name is Bradley. I'm drawing a blank on his first name, but that's Isaiah. Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley. Uh, Betty, I'm sure you've heard about the Tuskegee experiments, right? Oh, yeah. In the comic books, about 2003, I think. 2003. Captain Captain America found out about the black Captain America. And this was Isaiah Bradley. He was uh, part of a series of experiments that the government, our government, was doing on black men from Tuskegee to make another super soldier. And it dismembered and disfigured a lot of black men in the process. And Isaiah was the only one that was not disfigured. Um, This was Captain America going through the process of, oh, my country has some has done some disgusting fucking things and really kind of broadened that aspect. I believe the show was going to do the same thing. I mean, they're already setting the groundwork for it. Multiple yeah. scenes in this in this show kind of were just like, yeah, yeah, this is this is real issues that exist in our world that we're bringing into Marvel. And I'm like, fucking finally. Um, and it's uh, not dark and gritty and brooding and saying fuck like yeah. the Snyder cut. Uh, Oh, sorry. But the, <laughs> but the reason that I bring that up, Betty, is because Flag Smasher was a character in the comics that constantly brought that to its head with Captain America. Uh, having the idea of, of like full-on borders and not having a global economy and stuff like that was something that Carl was very much against, something that the Flag Smashers a- is very much against. The girl that's part of the Flag Smashers in the show, like she had that curly reddish hair, um she is the MCU version of Carl. Cause her name is literally Carly. It's K a R L I. Whereas the other car, car, the Carl is just Carl without the I. All they did was add an I to her name and it's the exact same name. I think, I think they, I think it was K H A R L I, but I did, I say, did I say C? Did I say C? No, no, you said K. Oh no no no! So so I I I did some research on this because I was like I want to get this right. They literally just added an I at the end of Carl. They didn't they didn't change the spelling of it or anything like that. It's even on the IMDb. Gotcha. Yeah, awesome. it's uh, uh, not to mention so they're the shows they're, titles, so. they're they're basically keeping it as the same character, just put a gender bend on it instead of making it like his daughter or well, something. They, the other big thing they're changing is that the flag smash the flag smasher was one guy in the comic. The flag smashers yeah. is an organization. So that's why they're called the flag smashers more than anything, Betty is because they okay. just wanted to keep that name and revol- in, in, in relating to captain America. Um, Still to change the masks. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> Cause that's the yeah, first I, thing I think of with them on the masks. So I'm like, it's the red hand. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I, I would like, I'm excited for when this show ends and us to get the, like the behind the scenes episode, like we did with WandaVision. If they talk about like the, the design behind um, the, the hand, because in the comic, the flag smasher logo is like a hammer hitting the earth. Yeah. 
and this is a hand kind of like spread behind the earth. You know, because that whole one world, one people mantra that they were right. saying. So I'm fucking in love with this show right now. Like I'm so I'm so happy that they're talking about, you know, they're using real world things, you know, in Marvel because something that I've expressed before, not on just this podcast, but other things that I've done is that Marvel comic books as a whole have have always been a political outlet in some fashion or form for fuck's sake. The first captain America comic has captain America literally punching Hitler in the goddamn face. And that comic came out before America even entered world war two. Yeah. So like if you're sitting there going, Oh, the comic books have never been political. You're an idiot. They've always been political. Always. I mean, what the fuck did the people think the X-Men is just cool mutants? Nope. No, you're supposed to learn a lesson from this shit. You know, if you're not learning, you're not reading it right. So that's why I hope that they continue to go down the route of Isaiah Bradley. I hope that yeah. they continue to do that. What happened right outside when, you know, they left and the police showed up, that was very much a Black Lives Matter moment right there. Absolutely. You know? absolutely. That was some absolute racial profiling. At the mm-hmm. You know, and, and, it, and it happened in Baltimore. And um, you know, the one they actually ended up arresting was the white guy. <laughs> you know, so I mean, again, that that struck me when that scene came out. You know, the Isaiah thing. I don't know what he's going to play into this, but I think he's going to bring another you know level of depth to it as well. And I have to say, I don't like this Captain America. I really just. Want to oh, smash a pie to. in his face? Yeah, he, he just 100%. looks smarmy, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. There's a, there's a him line getting his ass said. kicked was great. I mean, and then he picks those the dudes up walking like you know, oh ha ha, dude, you got your motherfucking ass whooped, you know. Don't even. So there's a line that he says while they're in that scene, Betty, that uh, really stuck out to me, and it's him talking about how he basically gets to be Captain America and have the shield because the government has those things. That to me is very much a fascist viewpoint. Um, Not outlandishly fascist, but definitely in the like ballpark because having undying like loyalty to a government is like fascism light, if you will. And in civil war, the big aspect there was that Captain America was like not 100% behind the idea of the government controlling everything. He was like, this is like, that's the whole fucking point. He's not meant to be uh, like, I had this thought the other day and I'm trying to fucking collect it now. Cap is not 100% everything America does is great. And I'm going to fight against what I, what I believe is a, um, a proper, a proper way to live in America, a proper way to look at patriotism and stuff like that. And when, uh, when you look at John Walker, he would have signed the Sokovia, uh, the Sokovia Accords. 
he would have signed it. Shit, he probably has signed it. Uh, whereas Cap didn't. Cap was like, this is wrong. This is, this is controlling people to a high degree. This is wrong. And uh, I love that they're running with that aspect too. Um, I love that they're playing with the idea of trying to express patriotism that people try to express patriotism as undying loyalty to your country and, uh, and giving that to a character that we're not supposed to like. I also love the fact that he's not the villain of the show. Okay. He's not, he's not, he will, he won't be. Okay. <laughs> I still don't like him. No, you're not supposed to. No, you're you're not supposed to like him. His his character in the comics is always a smarmy, abrasive guy anyway. Yeah, I don't like it at all. No, yeah, you're absolutely the right sort of normal at the very beginning when he was talking to his wife. I was like, Oh, he seems like an okay guy. No, man, no. Did not like I, it. I'll I'll put it this way, Betty. Um John Walker is very much a uh, Trump supporter. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> no, my that's what guy I, at all. Right, and that's what I like about it is that like I had this I had this conversation with a guy on on Twitter. This was literally like Saturday morning or Friday afternoon or something to that effect. Um and it had to do with the fact that the opening scene with him I'm trying to find it. Uh, oh, I just found it and it went away. Here we go. Uh, so he says, all right, I'm going to avoid spoilers here, but call out the setting of a scene in Falcon and Winter Soldier. This guy's a Canadian, by the way, so just keep that in mind. Um, of the Falcon and Winter Soldier episode two. You know that Good Morning America scene? That was a fucking high school. What the fuck? And I said, I'm failing to see the issue with the scene here. Genuinely, no, no flippant tone. And so he sends me a link to uh, when uh, um, Stephen Fry went to an Alabama high school during a football game. And Stephen Fry's like takeaway was like, no other country does this sort of thing with adolescents. That only America is so infatuated with football and patriotism through high school and stuff like that, that this exists. I've known that for a long time. I've known that for a very long time. Like, the way the school system works is like if you're in sports and you're doing great, you're a fucking star and the school will do everything they can to make sure you get high grades to stay. Whereas if you get injured or you're no longer viable to them in that fashion, they could give two fucks about you. Yeah. Um, and so I've known, I like, I've known that. Uh, so I, I responded with, couldn't it be argued that the showrunners wanted that level of symbolism for a faux Captain America? And he goes, if you like, and I went, I just think the underlining theme of how shitty America can be that swept under the rug via this fictional reality. That scene was more of just that to me, at least. And he goes, I think that's definitely part of what they're going of that they're going on, but it's wild to a lot of non-Americans that the scene could even plausibly be a high school, even given the fiction. While I don't think a lot of Americans even question that scene being a high school, that's interesting to me. The idea of that character being a product of a privileged bubble is definitely there, though, to your point. And I said, 
There was a doc I watched, a documentary I watched a long time ago about the damage high school football does on education and health. As an American, I hate it. I hate high school. Like, I hate the way that that works. Uh, so to see that, it just made sense to me that the government would implant implant that as like faux patriotism in, with that scene. And he says, yes, and disparity seems to be a developing theme. I don't understand the questioning high, it being a high school thing. I mean... Um, let me ask you this, Betty. In your region of the world, do high schools value football higher than most things? Oh, absolutely. More than anything else in high school. Yeah. Even more than the education that the kids are supposed to be receiving. They will cut, you know, um, like art and music classes before they will cut football. They will cut girls' sports teams before they cut football, you know. <laughs> football yeah. is big business here. Everybody's so, hoping they can be the next, you know, Peyton Manning. That's really what it is. This goes directly in line with what he's referring to. Uh, America is the only country that does that. If, yeah, uh, no. you get in, if you get into sports in another country, um, it's not taken to that degree. Uh, uh, it's usually just no matter, no matter the given scenario, it's, it's only, uh, um, yeah, sorry. Given the scenario, I had like a brain fart there for a second. <laughs> uh, it's usually just parents and family that come to those high school or they don't even call it high school. That's like, they call it something else, but those, those games. Um, and so like the video that the, he sends of Stephen Fry talking about it. And I've talked to other people from England and Canada and Australia and how, how drastically different it is. Um, I think speaks to how Americans kind of view patriotism, that football is patriotic period. High school football is like growing patriotism. You're, you're developing, like, why in the fresh fuck do we have to do the national anthem at, at sporting events? Why? It doesn't matter. It's not like it's something that needs to be there, but we do it because it's that, it's that sense of patriotism. And the point that he's getting at is to see that in this show about fictional characters was very bizarre to him because he's Canadian, to which my point was that that made sense to me that this fake Captain America who's not Captain America, he was just given the fucking outfit by the government that the government would send him to his fucking high school on a football field with a fucking marching band and a huge cheering crowd on oh, a very American morning show. Like all of that, that entire scene was fabricated to make him look better and to be mm -hmm. look more patriotic hometown and, boy. And I think the point of this show is that because you hate, because you're supposed to hate John Walker, that when other scenes happen where you learn, like when we learn about who Isaiah Bradley is to a, to a stronger degree, the fact that he served 30 years in jail while saving America or after saving America um, is going to speak to what my favorite thing about this show will be. Like, yeah, I love the action sequences. They're fucking, they're so good. But the themes that are going to be used in this are going to, A, piss people off like they did in the Watchmen show, um, and B, are necessary to the time. Yeah, I mean, we can't seem to talk about it 
you know, on a bigger level. So we've got to at least talk about it on a level that everybody has access to, you know, and that's typically these types of shows, you know, I mean, if you don't get it before the hope is you will after it's all said and done. Yeah. I think, I think the, the, the thing that's, that's, you know, outside of, outside of the racial stuff. Um, and we're talking about the faux patriotism is I, that's what I'm so, that's why I'm so excited that the flag smashers exist too, is that their entire perception of what they exist for is going to fall in line with, um, with uh, uh, like it's, it's the polar antithesis opposite of John Walker. Like it's, it's, John Walker is strong borders, America first, yada, yada, yada. Flag smashers are, fuck all that. <laughs> fuck all that noise. Like, patriotism is bullshit. Uh, borders are bullshit. But they're like, yeah. like it's just, I'm excited. I'm so, so got to ask at the end of it there, who was that guy? That's going to be Baron Zemo. He was the main villain uh, in, uh, was it? Uh, Winter Soldier Civil or Civil War. Okay, no, Civil I was like, War. I know I recognize this face. Who is that guy? Why is he there? You know, I was like, what? So, yeah, I guess uh, that gives us a clue as yeah, to Bar what will be seen going on next week. Yeah, Baron Zemo's story is that he uh, he watched his family die in the Sokovia attack. Uh, he then learned about Hydra and learned about the Winter Soldier and then tried to utilize certain aspects of Bucky's, like, brainwashing to uh make the avengers essentially split like he he set up a lot of stuff that made civil war happen so and, and now he's in jail i'd like to know that the one thing for me that i'd like to know is like and i hope they explore this you know this next episode is was baron zemo blipped like was he gone for five years and then just reappeared in a fucking prison cell or has he been around for five fucking years? Just just mm. stewing in his hatred. So sorry. I know I get really passionate about this like this Marvel stuff. No, no, that, that's a that's a that's a good point, you know. Was he there or not? Luna, can you not like my book, please? Because if, if he's been there for five years, he probably has plans he probably has uh, uh a scheme that he's that he's running right now so oh yes he um, looked um, very pensive <laughs> i also like to know who the broker is when uh oh the power the broker. Were running. power broker yeah who the fuck is that we'll find out like i've, I've know, looked up like i've, I've from... typed into google marvel Typed a Marvel power broker and I found jack shit. I know one thing they went from having eight flag smashers to seven. <laughs> it's true, girl. You like, gotta uh, fall. Also, like one of the things that I think is interesting regarding the the world that we're in is uh, what happened to Maya. I do not know. Ooh. It's still live. So yeah, there she is. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, what? 
That was weird. Yeah, that uh, well, was weird. I, scooted, I, I could hear everything you were saying. I'm because I was still backstage. You can still hear. Yeah. Okay. Yard. <laughs> no, I switched over here because it's getting it's getting a little warm in here in this room. So I switched over here to turn the fan up from the low setting to the next setting up, and the audio and everything cut out immediately. I'm like, what the hell? I'm going to put it up <laughs> on high now, and we're going to see what happens. So bear That's with weird me. weird as hell. I think I may have actually hit that. It's on high now. I hope you can't hear it, but if you do, yeah. Um, nah. I think I think it's where I accidentally hit the, uh, I may have hit the cable and knocked the cable loose. Oh, Because okay. it's a very loose connection. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, what I was going to say is that the, um, like, Who's supplying the Flag Smashers with the Super Soldier Serum? Uh, what Super Soldier Serum is it? Was it the same one that was given to Isaiah? Like, there's a lot of questions involving the Super Soldier Serum that I'm or, very fascinated Or is it the one that the Russians developed? Uh, yeah. You know. There's a, it, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying but, it so far. I really like it. Can you believe this thing is only six episodes long? Is it? I thought it. Yeah, I thought it'd be like nine, but it's only six. Wow. They only got four episodes I left. I haven't looked up the episode count. Uh, I saw it accidentally on Twitter. Like somebody was like, it's only six episodes. And I was like, what? And I looked it up. I was like, wow, it's only six episodes long. Hmm. I mean, if that's the case, then it's, you know, roughly the same length as WandaVision. Like, give or take. Yeah, because WandaVision was nine episodes. Yeah, but, but they were they were a lot shorter episodes by you know 15 20 minutes on average length. Yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and give this episode a grade? Um and I want Betty to go first. Um well, again, I'll give it a B plus. You know, I I do like the story. It's not capturing me as much as WandaVision did, but I do like the story. I'm curious to see where it goes. I'm a little confused now that there's only going to be six episodes, but uh, yeah, I'm. It's not bad. I like it. So B plus. What about you, Maya? I'll give it an A. I think it's you know it's solid. It's touching on a lot of things uh, that are familiar from the comics, um, you know, and real world issues at that. Bringing to light some things in the MCU. It's not. It doesn't seem like it's going to, you know, ignore or skirt around issues, it looks like it's going to bring them to discussion. And I think that always helps when a story does that, when it, when it like the Tuskegee experiments, you know, something like that would make people look into that more and research it more and raise awareness about things that are largely brushed over or glossed over in history or completely forgotten about and not even taught. So I think that's a cool thing. Uh, and I think that can stem from this. And regardless, even if it doesn't, I still think it's just a lot of fun um, with the serious overtones. So I like that. What do you think, Greg? Uh, it's A+. Plus, 100% A+. Plus. Like, I absolutely love every aspect of this episode. You had hilarious, like, buddy cop banter between Bucky and Sam that was, uh, like... Like the whole fucking Hobbit line, uh, like 
how do you know Gandalf? Because I read The Hobbit in 1937 when it first came out. Fucking, I adore that. Was, um, that was funny as shit. Yeah, it was very much a burn. Um, the, uh, the whole, like, the action in it was fucking top notch. The, the aspect of uh, making us, making the audience understand who John Walker is as kind of a shitty person was awesome. Like, I love that. Um, I love that, uh, the, the flag smashers are getting more, um, interesting. We now have a new mystery about who the power broker is. Uh, they're bringing in the racial injustice stuff that I think is super important to the whole, plot like if i had one critique of the episode is i wish they stayed a little bit longer on bradley but i feel like that will be something that they explore later uh had a nice little cliffhanger to where i was like oh sweet they're gonna go meet baron zemo and then it cut to credits i was like motherfucker so yeah i did the same thing fucking top top notch fucking for me Top-notch storytelling, and I'm very excited for the for the future. This is this, one line that I did enjoy when when Sam's telling Bucky, he says, "Look, all this time and nobody's mentioned Isaiah Bradley before now. Well, Isaiah before now. Why didn't you tell me about him? Why didn't Steve tell me about him? He's like Steve didn't know. He's like, why didn't you tell anybody? And the line he said, because he'd been through enough." That was just, I was like, yeah, I like yeah. that. That was powerful. That's, that's that's exactly, I mean, that's essentially what, what, you know, existed in the comic was, you know, they, Bucky was swept under, or not Bucky, Bradley was swept under the rug because if anyone didn't know about him, they like, it was either A, they felt bad for him and he had gone through enough or B, that, because uh, that's the thing in the comic is that, um, you know, in, in the show, he says, I spent 30 years in jail, in prison. The yeah. Bradley Isaiah, or the Isaiah Bradley from uh, the comic also spent twenty years in jail, so they're very much like Yoink from the comics, and I, I think it's brilliant, especially for the time. So, but uh, absolutely. So uh, the other show that we're going to talk about today is something that, like I said in the beginning of the episode, Betty brought to our attention because um, she was excited about it from the trailer. I hadn't even heard of it. Uh, I didn't even watch the trailer. I was just like, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's add the show. Um, it's called the irregulars. It takes place in, you know, the late 1800s around the time of Sherlock Holmes. And uh, he's in the show, but not directly. It's, it's about the, um, the street urchins that if you, if you've read a few of the, of, of the books in the past, or, you know, of some of the like movies, Sherlock Holmes and Watson, tend to utilize street urchins to help them with something. Um, and uh, the, the idea of London. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and Watson calls them the Baker street irregulars. Well, the idea for this show was what if the irregulars are a little bit older and this show deals with supernatural shit um, go. And uh, the show fucking just snowballs into some shit. Uh, yeah, I did. I didn't think I was going to like this show going into it. I did like the first episode didn't excite me. Uh, but as I kept watching it, I was like, I was like, by episode five, I was like, what the fuck is like Watson up to? And why, why is like, what is this going on? There's about some me? mystery and you're like, mm, I need some answers. <laughs> I got, I got, I got invested. I was like, I was like, I didn't think I was going to, but yeah, here we are. This is water folks, by the way, I keep jugs of water in my room. 
That is actually a jug of vodka. He just doesn't want you to know. Look, no, it's white claw. Right <laughs> uh, uh, Greg on a gallon of white claw. Now that's funny. Yeah, I've got grapefruit juice with a lot of water mixed in. So I have some white claws in the fridge, actually. I've got coffee coming momentarily. Any any moment. I heard Misty Earl stirring Greg it. Tea. This is pretentious right here. You gotta lift uh, your pinky out pretentious. when you hold it. Yeah. <laughs> I think as large as that cup is and as small as you are, you need every finger on that mug. Almost, yeah. I mean it's like when I go to get a like a when a, a, we're at Charlie's and we get the large drinks, I have to hold it with both hands. My hands are so small. I'm just like, if I don't hold it with both hands, it's just going to fall and it's going to go everywhere. It's really bad. <laughs> we we uh, mentioned on the show, Betty is a tiny person. Yes. Yes. Thank you, honey. Uh, speaking of tea, uh, this uh, it was nice to see the guy from uh, from Game of Thrones, like as one of the side characters, one of the characters they're hunting down. The, the bird master, as they call them. Oh, Arthur. Yeah, I like Arthur, but I've seen him in lots of things. And first thing, I, I don't think of Game of Thrones when I think of him. I don't uh, know why. Uh, he was one of my favorite characters in Game of Thrones. He was the Hound. Uh, yeah, I love the Hound. But, I, you know, again, I read the books long before the series came out. You know, long before most people had ever heard of it. I, I really didn't get into the series that much. I watched it because, meh, you know. But yeah, so I don't, those characters don't really sit with me. You know, the ones in my head do from when I read the book, but nah, he's been in other things. He's a good actor. I love him. So when he was the bird man, I was like, yay. I loved him <laughs> in Hot Fuzz. Was oh, he yeah, in Hot Fuzz? Gosh, you are. Uh, yeah. Ever since I've seen that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like when, when getting into the show, I was very much. I was like, oh, it's going to be a monster of the week sort of thing. And then they hit the, they hit that castle where they couldn't escape it, um, that it became a game of Clue. And um, uh, I'm glad you noticed that because I thought the same thing, too. I was like, it's kind of mustard in the drawing room with a candlestick. 100, 100% <laughs> of that. Uh, the, uh, uh, the part about it that stuck out to me was like the, the one of the workers was like, yeah, there's something sinister with maybe not sinister, but there's something up with, with Watson. Like he's keeping Sherlock away from us. So I was like, okay, I want to know what's up with that. Like, why is that a thing? Like I got interested in that. Um, and then it stopped. Like, I think it was like the next episode was like episode four. It completely stopped being a monster of the week. It, I thought it was just going to be like Watson constantly giving them new missions. And that was going to be the whole show. Um, and then it was like, they got into a fight with Watson and he, pushes them away and was like never come back to 221 baker 221 yeah b baker street and uh and i was like well how are they gonna get new missions like how is this show gonna go and then it just like went into more shit and i was like wow this is actually kind of interesting yeah he lost his shit when they went up to look for him in the room and he wasn't there you know he he really lost it but i i kind of figured what was up you know there were just, a lot of predictability things yeah like yeah the linen man well it like, is I young adult it. so yeah. There's if you've got a brain and you're an adult, there's going to be a high amount young, of probability. Young adult I, is a very polite way of saying it's too goddamn CW. 
I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Like, if it oh. was CW, half of the episodes would have been about the love interest shit. Oh, that yeah, there would have been a lot more sexy times going on. I mean, there was a lot of it. Uh, there was enough of it as it was. I th- well, I, I mean, feel that the whole the, the whole love triangle between Billy Leopold and B I think detracted from the main story. I think you could have sure. taken these episodes, shortened them by 15 20 minutes each, take out that whole subplot and stay focused on the task and I think it would have been a better show. I think it was flawed in its execution and it used way too many tropes that were way too predictable. Yeah. Well, you got to think about it, it as well, though. I mean, if, if they had done as you said, it would not have been a young adult book. You know, I mean, it's it's set up in a way, again, young people today like those love triangles. That It's their form of courtly love in a way. You know, an unrequited love type thing. Will they ever be together? Because it is it is very much a trope, but all stories are tropes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When it comes I, down to it, 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 it it was obvious, but they didn't rub it in your face. You know, that's so. that's exactly my point. Is it didn't feel like it was so. We're clearly like not so the target demographic. We're oh, we're clearly yeah. not the target demographic either. But I mean, mm-hmm. I liked it. I mean, I do love young adult, you know, novels and you know, movies. Uh, because there's always like going to be that sixteen-year-old me that lives inside of me. So yeah, I do enjoy that stuff. I was going to say this, the way that it was structured felt like, hey, we made this show for teenage kids, but it's tolerable by parents is what it came across to me as. Um, Because again, like I've watched episodes of Riverdale. I've watched episodes of other things on CW and it would have been more if it was on CW. It would have been obnoxiously more. Oh, it would have been so obnoxious. And yeah, because yeah, Riverdale, ooh, ooh. It's not yeah, what like, I was expecting at all. I was like, oh. Like, <laughs> like I, don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you, Maya. I think that reducing the amount that it had in the show would have helped it a bit, a bit but um, I still don't think it was so much that like it detracted too much. Um. I, uh, and plus, there's hope for Billy yet. You know, Leo's going across to Europe to marry Helena, who's like, you know, get you some practice in. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, I don't care, but yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I thought that was I'll, like, oh, that's convenient. <laughs> so, so after that's another five, thing about this show. Everything was so convenient, like. Well, it has to be, you know, again, they, the <sighs> way they played it out when it only has eight episodes. Yeah, that, that was a big story to tell in eight episodes. So everything had to be very convenient so you could move from one stepping stone to the next, to the next, to the next. You know, Speaking of moving, this is like late 1890s. How are these kids just know exactly where they are without cell phones? You know, it's like, I've got to go get the boys. And all of a sudden, they're all there, perfect, you know, but yet, there's, as they pointed out in the first episode, there are, there's four million people in London. It's not that easy to find people. But yet, they are always able to find each other no matter what. You tend to stick to the streets, you know. Uh, most people in, back then in the London boroughs 
stayed within their boroughs. They didn't really go outside of them. And especially with them and being in the much lower class, they weren't going to the upper crust areas because everybody was going to know you and that you were not supposed to be there. <laughs> I also want to use my classic argument for some logic like that, Maya. And that's, did you notice the guy that shot birds out of his chest? Yeah. It I, is could care, I could care less. I could care less that there was that con- level of convenience when there's a girl who is putting on faces and looking exactly like the people that she was taking the faces of. It's, it's the, it's the classic, like the, the argument that I use all the time is like, somebody's like, Oh, that was weird that that character survived that fall in, in a Marvel movie. And I'm like, yeah, there's a talking raccoon. We want to really go down this route. Like I get where you're coming from. I understand what you're saying. I just, it, it to me, it's, it's, it's just kind of like a, a weird nitpick to make about something in regards to this show. Um, do you get where I'm coming from with that? Like, I know I'm not no, trying to no, like, call you out. And... No, I get it. I get it. I just, to me, it was just so, uh, it was really disjointed at times and jarring how convenient some of the stuff was and how it just looked so easy for these kids to, figure these things out when you're supposed to have it's about teamwork maya anything can be accomplished with teamwork i I noticed it too i'm not i'm not saying it's not something that my adult brain didn't go huh yeah that's weird um i I just also yeah i just kind of shrug it off like yeah i shrug it off and i'm just like whatever um like one of the things that stuck out to me that i kept thinking about was when um I can never remember the main character's name. Uh, B. B. When uh, yeah, Beatrice. Yeah, that's right. Um, when she had Sherlock locked into that room, that there was absolutely no way without strapping his like strapping his arm to the bed or arms to the bed or something like like trapping him in that room would have worked. There's a fucking window with items in the room that he could have broken that window with. Like none of that made necessarily correct sense to me, but it was there like there's the whole spot where she's like it wasn't really it wasn't even uh, opium it was, it was it sugar sugar <laughs> and then walks out and he like charges the door screaming at I, her. i'm like yeah i mean i'm sorry he would have killed that bitch yeah exactly that's and that's that's exactly my thought process of like certain aspects of this show like one of my biggest critiques about it the thing i hated the most was um Oh no, she's trapped in her own mind because of the linen man. Well, only the power of friendship can save her. Yeah. Like, hated that. Absolutely fucking hated that. Like, I thought it would have been a lot. Like, I get that the idea of friendship is supposed to be a main theme of the show, but it would have been so much more empowering and so much cooler if she was able to escape on her own. Be, you know, that she found that strength and courage to overcome the linen man's tricks and to get out of that fucking nightmare on her own would have been so much more fulfilling than fucking light as a feather, stiff as a board, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Yeah, I love all the Ouija shit in this. And the linen man, I called him Lou because uh, he's from Louisiana. You know, so I was just like, oh, that's Lou. Yeah, Lou and Leo. Which, you know, again, did y'all notice how ripped Leo was for somebody with hemophilia? Yeah. <laughs> I Buddy. mean, I'm like, 
damn, you doing some good workouts for a boy who ain't never left the palace and has hemophilia and has to stay in his room all day. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of, speaking of, you know, his handler, who's like, I can't let you leave he's the tough. palace, sir. Well, for somebody who's supposed to be under strict uh, observation or supervision, let's say, he certainly does have a free reign to just stroll off and walk off unnoticed. Oh, here's this long drive. Nobody's yeah. going to notice this gangly, <laughs> limpy, gimpy prince walking on down because, you know, oh. Mm, oh. Yeah, when Spike yeah, was- breaks into Buckingham Palace and the guards immediately jump on him and then later they cut to him talking to Leo's sister, it's like, yeah, that's not how that really go down. But okay, we're we're just gonna or, go uh, with it. Yeah. <laughs> when Spike when Spike goes to to goes to the fucking palace to talk to Leo, and they just let this fucking dirty street urchin in. That's what well, I just my, said. You're. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about. <laughs> I didn't hear you say Spike, so I was like, I, I thought you were talking about a different scene entirely. My bad. Yeah, no. When Spike breaks into the palace and the guards get on him and next thing you know, he's talking to Leo's sister. It's like, what? No, this would not happen. He'd be in the dungeons right now, you know, with the on the rack and his fingers being crushed or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that took me out of it was the, the, the soundtrack, the way they used the modern music really fucked oh. with me and just took I me know out that of does. It. With a lot of people, I don't mind it as long as it fits what's going on. I think it can work wonderfully. That's my opinion. Uh, it's I'll like put it that. This way. One of my favorite things about A Knight's Tale is the modern music. I know, <laughs> so, right? But see, for A Knight's Tale, it works for me, and this it didn't. I liked it. Um, don't just, I don't, I don't agree with you on that. Recently I like. do it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't I think really it was like bad. It. Well, that's why it's not I like it was in me. your face for every episode. It wasn't in your face no. every single episode, so that's okay. You know, um, um, I was kind of expecting them to use like the Guy Ritchie fucking uh, uh, soundtrack ish by uh, the the Sherlock Holmes movies that he did with Robert Downey Jr. I was expecting them to use that occasionally, but they never did. I it wouldn't appeal. I mean, to to the target audience, it wouldn't, you know, I mean, again, the music overall wasn't bad. It wasn't in your face. Um, I've known some shows that get in your face way more about it, Um, Uh, but it doesn't bother me because I love it when you can mix two things like that. And I'm just like, oh, I love that. Moulin Rouge was like the first introduction to me, that kind of shit. And I was like, ah, let's have more, please. You know, uh, I do have a question for you, Maya. Is there would there have been a a genre of modern music they could have used in this that would have felt better to you than what they used, or is it just the fact it was modern music? I think it was just the fact that it was modern. Maybe I don't know. It just felt disjointed to me, and I think the whole way this show was structured, just everything about it, just felt off to me in some way. There was something off putting and every episode in some way, form or fashion is just overall, it just brought it down for me and kept bringing it down. And I just could not get invested in it and didn't care what happened. And that speaks more to my taste and what I sure, feel, sure. you know, than the, well, I have, the actual I have a, execution I have a, of the show. 
I think yeah. the actors did fine for what they were given. I, just, I have I have a big thing. I don't know. I don't know if I've said this to you, Maya. I I know that I've said it a thousand times in other contexts, but whenever I talk to somebody about something and their opinion on of a, a thing is not um, positive per se, uh, I always sit there and I always will ask questions of like, how would you have done it differently? And so that's why I'm throwing that at you because I know. No, that no, you, I get that. Yeah. Um. That's what I was asking about the music thing. Is like, would it, would it, you know, a change in music would have changed that, or? But uh, I mean, that that's the thing, you know. I don't know what music I would have chosen if if, if there were different modern music, uh, because to me, the 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 musical choices they used just didn't fit the the tone of the scenes when they were used to me. And they felt. And that's why I feel they were more disjointed. Whereas I'm sure there are certain m- music numbers out there that if I had time to sit down and actually think about it and pick what would fit better for my personal taste. Sure. Absolutely. You know, I just don't have that. I'm oh, not able to plug yeah. that out of my ass right and now. Again, the musical gotcha, choices gotcha. they picked worked for the audience they were targeting. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they're clearly targeting somebody my daughter's age and yes, somebody my age. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's exactly like, cause I think there are certain uh, uh, stories that take place in a time period that don't even use music from that type per- time period, let alone like, I don't know how you'd get music exactly from 18, from the late 1800s. Well, just say a basic uh, symphonic score, you know, yeah. like they sure, do. Sure. I think, you know, that would have worked, but at the same time, it wouldn't have drawn the audience that they are trying to target with this story. You know what's funny? Which, you know what's really funny about this show? I, I did some research on the writer, and um, apparently he, he wrote this the way that it is. Like, they didn't do a whole lot to change it, um, which I find fascinating because uh, I don't think that he intended to make it for a young adult audience. I think it just happened that way. Uh, well, it if might you're just writing about like, young adults. That's what's going to happen. Because <laughs> I think you could you could still tell this story in like a very dark, dark way, where like death is like super, super um, uh, uh, a threat. Because um, this show looked very much, very much so. Everybody had plot armor. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a very, it was a very big like trope to this, like. Everybody was safe. Nobody was really in the threat of death, unless they were like slightly like the <laughs> the two people who had their neck snapped by the nun. Um, uh, yeah, that was, that was some crazy I, shit. Some really, you know, funny. be careful what you pray for. You know, that was legitimately funny to me because, like, whenever I see a neck snap and they want to make it visceral, it's usually like the head's here facing forward, and then it's facing that way. Uh, <laughs> this was like chiropractic's next snap. It's like okay, well. and then you just want to hear that line from President Scroob from Spaceballs. Why didn't somebody tell me my ass was so big? <laughs> I mean, I think overall, sorry. you know, for what it was, I think it worked. Um, I do think that a lot of the characters in this, I would like to see them go on to do other things. I think they have a lot of potential. 
Uh, B was also in another Netflix original, uh, Letter for the King or Letter to the King. Uh, she was great in that. She played a not so good character in that. Um, and this one is kind of the dynamic opposite. And I think she's a good actress, and I think she has a lot of potential to go places in the future with that. Um, the story, I thought it was it was good for what it was. It was not complex. It was not meant to be. You know, the ending um, was very satisfying. You know, I mean, not everybody made it out alive, but everybody ended up where they were supposed to be. And uh, I wouldn't say that nobody died though. Fish and chips with a fork. That bothered me. <laughs> I was like, what no. are you doing? You, you so do not eating, eat uh, fish and chips with a fork. <laughs> so so real quick, I just wanna I just wanna clarify this. They're eating they're eating fr- they're eating fish and chips, right? Like we normally do. Yeah, yeah, they're eating fish and chips, like they're supposed to, like it's in the it's in the, the, the newspaper. Right. So how do we make the prince seem more princely in that scene? Uh let's just say he eats it with a fork. Because that makes sense, right? Totally. Let's fucking roll it. It wasn't the, the prince, though. It was Watson. When B showed up at the end and she brought that oh. little paper of fish and chips and they're sitting there at his desk talking to each other and he's got the fork in his hand and he's like, ooh. Isn't oh. in, the scene, like, in the scene between that? In the scene between B and uh, uh, the prince at the end when they're eating the fish and chips he's, before he says, can I talk to you outside? Um he uh she goes uh do you not have fish and chips like did you never eat fish and chips in the in the palace and he says yeah but we ate them with silverware yeah we, or we ate them on on like uh something fancy it was in bowls or something like that um so that's that's what i was talking about but yes watson also eating with fucking a fork and knife is so weird. bougie <laughs> nobody eats well, fish and chips like that <laughs> Well, they they made him bougie by nature anyway. Oh, I know, but that that mustache is fabulous. I have to admit, I I do admire that mustache. No, I'm I'm I always appreciate when like characters. You know, you know me. I, I've said it before. I like different takes on different characters. I don't like the same story being told over and over and over again. That being said. This retelling of a Sherlock Holmes story and the way it is intertwined, not for me. You know, that's fair. And that's uh, okay. I don't. Think, like, I, 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 I didn't like. I didn't like how they made Mycroft just a total befuddled buffoon. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I didn't like how they made Sherlock and Watson pretty much fucking assholes. Well, and, oh. I've 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 always known Sherlock to be like a drug addict asshole, so that fit perfectly with his yeah. personality. But you should really read personally some of the, the, the stories with I, Sherlock because he's a fucking douche. Uh, I have the, I have the complete works. I've read he's them. A I just I never Smart I never douche. got it. Yeah, but I never you know characterized it as. That assholey in my head. No, oh, more of a sm- more of a it. it's really more of asshole-y. a smugness. More of a smugness. Again, listen to Stephen Fry read it on audiobook. Yeah, that's some smug. That's more than smug. He's a fucking douche. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, Stephen Fry, you you kill it. So the only uh, 
The only uh, Sherlock Holmes that. book I right. ever read was uh, A Study in Scarlet. And that was like right before the uh, first Guy Ritchie movie came out because apparently the first movie is based on A Study in Scarlet. So. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Sherlock Holmes stories. And again, well, he, knowing that he you know, was written, all these stories were written by you know, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who was a big supernatural believer. And there's, he writes about this dude who debunks supernatural shit. It's just like, I don't know. That's, that was, that's the universe going, look at this. Ha ha ha. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. Like uh, I was talking to my dad about, um, characters that are in the, uh, uh, public, uh, what do you call that? Domain. Public, um, domain. Public domain. Uh, and Sherlock is one of those characters. Uh, all of his, like everything involving Sherlock is in the public domain. And I love that we can get stories like this. I love that we can take these characters out of their typical, you know, area and get new stories. I, Sherlock is one of my favorite characters just because of how versatile he is now. Um, apparently like there's a shit ton of characters like that too. Like little red riding hood is in public domain. Um, uh, Anything a, not Mickey Mouse that's yeah. as old as Mickey Mouse is in public domain. Mickey Mouse should be yeah, public yeah. domain, but because of Disney, we know how that works with trademarks. Yeah. Right. Well, HP Lovecraft Disney. is in public domain. It has not done well until the last series that we saw, and they finally did something different, and it made it work wonderfully. You know, so I yeah, I love public domain characters because there are so many incarnations that they can have. And not all of them are going to be good, but, you know, some of them are going to work fabulously and you're just going to fucking love it. But the fact that we can have so many and be like, yeah, these are the good ones and these are the bad ones. And it's taking these characters into like one of my favorite things that Disney ever allowed for Mickey, which you would have seen if Dick Mickey was in the public domain is the game that was on the Wii called, called Epic Mickey. Like that idea was so rad because it it completely took Mickey out of the realm of what we know. I don't know if you guys ever played it, but the mm -hmm. idea is that um, before Mickey was created, uh, there was another character that Walt and um, his coworker, the guy that I can never remember his name because it's always like shrugged under the fucking rug or swept under the rug. Um, it's a weird name too, but uh, it is. I can't remember it either. I just saw something about it blank. like last week. Yeah. Um, they created the a character Googles. called Huh? <laughs> to the Googles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Google his name because I'm I'm done a fat blank. But the character that they created was called Oswald the Rabbit. But Oswald never became popular, even though they made cartoons of him. So the idea of Epic Mickey is that within the cartoon realm, Oswald has been forgotten and he doesn't want to be forgotten. So he intentionally like fucks over Toontown or the Toon area of the world that uh, Mickey has to then go in and um, save it using a magical paintbrush. But the game is dark. Like, it has darkish looking themes. Like, you know, people say, like, the uh, the elephants, the elephant parade from Dumbo is, is scary looking. Or, uh, like, the brave little toaster has, like, parts that you're just like, that was terrifying. Um, Epic Mickey kind of does a lot of that. Okay, it was a guy's name, uh, Oob Ewerks. Eb. Eb, Eb, Eb. Eb, Eb Ewerks. Eb. E is it like, imagine it's, if it was an E sound. You. Oh, okay. Because it's me, but I've heard it called Eb. I don't know. I've heard, I've heard, I heard that when I watched the documentary of about him, it was, everyone said Eb. Okay. 
That's but, yeah, that's a that's an odd name. It's a very strange name. Yeah, that guy is that guy should be credited for a lot of shit. Like he created the uh, animatronics for Disneyland. Um, he created a lot of the cartoons. He was head of the animation for a lot of stuff. Like Walt Disney just took a lot of credit for stuff. He's kind of like Stan Lee to Jack Kirby. Uh, maybe not maybe not to that strong of a degree, but definitely like keep that in mind when thinking about uh Eben Walt. <clears throat> so but that's whatever. Gotcha. The, the idea of Epic Mickey was a really cool idea of taking a forgotten character and making him an adversary to Mickey and having Mickey like having to fight these kind of nightmarish cartoon creatures was a fucking awesome idea. And uh it was really cool of, of Disney to allow that to happen. But at the end of the day, Disney's not going to allow something like that to happen again for two reasons. A, it didn't do well. And B, it's not their, you know, trademark shit, you know? So it's just, it's frustrating because we can't have yeah. Mickey fucking doing rad stuff now. He's, he's, he's in, you know, like there is a cartoon on Disney plus called the, uh, I think it's the wonderful world of Mickey or something like that, but it's, um, it's fucking hilarious. Like they, they really took Mickey to a very cartoonish degree, and it's really funny. Like there's this whole scene where like uh, Mickey gets or Minnie gets hit by something and gets like knocked to the ground. So he has this over dramatic animation and runs over there and just goes, it's just ha, 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 ha. he gets right to her face. He goes, what happened? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's so it's so silly. Like if you haven't watched that show on Disney Plus, I recommend it. It's it's really good. It's it does something fun with Mickey that's not like the Mickey's Clubhouse for, for fucking toddlers. It's like, ugh. like make Mickey, yeah, make Mickey so, cool again. Hashtag 2021. You know, I mean, disturbing things. Uh, I do have to say for me personally, there was a bit of um, personal overlap with uh, how the dreams played out, you know, with Jess constantly stuck in nightmares. Um, oh, yeah. With my disorder, that was like, oh, yay. You know, I really love watching this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I, I will say, like, I, I, they never really explored it or explained it. It was just like, I guess Plague Doctors kind of look scary. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's your brain can latch on to the strangest things. And, you know, again, I don't know. This was some sort of um, a Sisimus witchcraft type stuff, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I I took it as it wasn't her necessarily creation because the linen man knew about it. Yeah, I yeah, I it's, took it it was I, just like this world existed in in a, in a separate realm that she visited in her dreams. Well, it's like you know, um, he said he he you know he controls he can control you through your fear. That's what yeah. he does, and she you know he thought he had her and she turned around and threw it back on him. And one of the things she said is you can't cause people pain without taking on some of it for yourself. And I was like, Oh, that's very poignant. I like that. Yeah, but you funny. know, she was able to twist it around on him, which, you know, yay, kind of saw it coming. You know, again, it's a young adult show. Um, I don't know if there will be a second season. I, I kind of see it as only a one season thing. I hope they don't try and draw it out more because that could ruin it really quick. But, uh, you know, I think for what it was, it was good. And, you know, I I What I grade it. would you give it? 
I would definitely give it an A for, for what it was, young adult. I would give it an A. I think that it was spicy enough to attract the young adult crowd um, and not so spicy that, you know, uh, some crazy parents would go, oh, my God, you can't watch this. You know, so <laughs> I thought it was good. I, I like the story, you know, it, and again, a young adult, you just have to kind of sit back and and throw out all of your, you know, complex adults thoughts and just let it flow because otherwise you're not going to have a good time. <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> Me. <laughs> yeah. What grade um, would you give it, Maya? Uh, that's my question. For what it was. I'd give it a C minus. You know, I didn't absolutely loathe it. And yeah, you didn't the, fall asleep and not finish it. No, no, I just it. yeah, yeah, I finished it. I didn't care for the ending, uh, but that's just me. It's just too many neat little bows on things. It's too much convenience in the execution. And the way the story was told from my taste, and that's a personal thing, uh, you know, and it's totally subjective. Objectively, you know, I look at it and the actors are good in what they were given, you know, and I'm not going to knock them for that. The cinematography for what it is, you know, they, they were dirty. Uh, you know, they, they look like they were living on the streets. They weren't you know, too pretty for their own good to be living on the streets. So, you know, there was that air of realism to it. And I'm not going to take off for those things. You know, it's just. Yeah, they definitely weren't getting no bass. I think it was just a so-so story told with a great premise. The trailer, you know, had me excited for it. I was intrigued. I just think the execution of the premise was flawed and could have been done better, but. You know, that's just personal. But yeah, I'd give it a C minus. Yeah. What about you, Greg? Uh, it's it's going to be minus for me. I, I say, you know, like it, it went from a C minus when it started to like, which was like, meh, to, uh, mm-hmm. to an, like, that's okay. It's okay. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I, it, it's definitely, again, like Maya says, it's not, I'm not target audience. I'm 100% not target audience. But with that in mind, I think that is a very serviceable story. It's, um, it's also one of the things that, like you know, Maya was talking about the the disjointed or disconnection from the story because of small things. Like one of the things that sparked into my mind was like, "Huh, these this is a story that takes over the course of a couple days, and everyone is wearing the exact same outfits." This story was very much written for cosplay. <laughs> um, it, that well, that always stuck out to me. Poor people did wear the same outfit every fucking day back then. So, I mean, it's really yeah. there was no, there was no deviation from any of their outfits. Like there was a whole, yeah. there was a whole scene. There was a whole scene towards the end where they talk about uh, uh, cleaning up a little bit or, or, or changing their clothes or getting prepared. And um, none of the characters had changed, um, including the ones that weren't poor. So that's, that's why I'm saying that like Watson wore you know, the exact same thing. But do you know how they actually, did their bathing and clothes wash clothes washing back then because they would wear linen undergarments their clothes they wouldn't wash their actual clothing they wouldn't wash they would wash the linen undergarments and they would scrub you know the parts of their bodies that would show in like a hand bath 
but they didn't do the whole body and they did not wash their clothing. They just washed the linens that they wore underneath their clothing because clean linens were supposed to keep you clean and your I, clothes I clean. I get that, Betty. I'm, I'm not, that's, that's, I'd say that the, the part that was like the stuff that stood out to me was that all of the urchins still had uh, like, let's get ready. We're staying in a house. Um, yet they were still, they still had dirty faces. Um, it was little things like that, that, that really kind of made me chuckle. Maybe it, didn't, it didn't detract. It didn't detract from the show. Like I'm not, I'm not judging the show based on that. I'm just saying that what I, that with that, that I noticed it very much spoke to me of we're making these characters very specifically. So that way people can cosplay them if they want to. Like they could take any scene from that show and like mark out the pieces of the outfit of any character. That's all I'm getting at. Um, not a bad thing or a good thing, just something I noticed. Uh, but the the whole thing about the show, the reason I'm mentioning that is because that's kind of how I watched it. I didn't get like invested in any of the characters other than I was like, I got invested in what the fuck Watson was doing. Um, but outside of that, like it was just kind of like, I just got interested in, in, aspects you know i got interested in in parts of it but not uh not the whole thing i i thought that the reason it gets a b minus is because again like i said it's serviceable it works for what it is um it uh it puts some horror elements in there that don't really feel like they're horror elements they just feel like they are uh elements that push the story forward to an extent like the crows for example there's that whole scene where they're pecking at the like i don't know if it was a barn that they went into but that that place they went into where they're all those crows are pecking at the side like that was a horror element but i never thought the characters are actually in danger because all the characters are designed to be liked and impressioned upon by a younger audience so, yeah, that, and most young adult books don't tend to kin, kill their main characters, you know, right. if they're not taking on the Game of Thrones thing, which a lot of and, books do now. And yeah, and that's that's part of like my thought process is uh, when I, you know when watching it, I'm I'm not. Um, that's why I'm not super invested in the characters because I didn't feel any real threat towards them. Uh, but I was, uh, uh, again, I was enthralled enough to, at least in the final four episodes, to know what the fuck the supernatural element was. I mean, at first, I'll admit, at first, I was just kind of like, I don't really like Sherlock Holmes in a supernatural element. I'm not sure that I really dig that. Um, but as as the show went on, it kind of it kind of grew on me a bit. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if what I just said makes sense. I'm just pointing something out. Like it's, it's. Um, It's nothing bad. It's just whenever I see a show or a movie that that nothing changes on the characters, I, I'm I'm a hundred percent like they are. They're making this for people to cosplay, uh, because cosplay is such an important thing within the within certain communities within certain groups of people that um, when you make a show like they even talk about this in the writing. Like there's a bunch of writers I've talked about this about um, making the characters look a specific way. That if you have a certain type of outfit that a character wears, you can only change the color. 
you don't want to change anything else. And unless color is like super fucking important to the character, you don't change jack shit. Uh, and that's that's a hundred percent what this read to me as is that they were the literally only time that the characters didn't have dirty faces. Well, I should say the girls didn't have dirty faces was when they stayed at the, that that castle when they were at mm-hmm. Mycroft's. That was it. Pretending was it. to be and his nieces when they really were his nieces. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, one, the one was. Well, yeah, but. Because, like, there were, there were moments, there were moments where they, they stayed in a place that wasn't, like, that underground area where they could have washed their faces, but they <clears> just didn't because the makeup department was like, no, we want to make sure that they still have unwashed faces because people are going to cosplay them later. So that's. That's what I'm getting at. Like there was there was moments of that that stuck out to me. If that makes any fucking sense. Uh it was less about the time period and more about like how I know they pr- produced the show. Um yeah. It's like if you watch, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, look at the outfits that both Bucky and and Sam wear outside of their costumes. It's the same outfits every like it's going to be every episode the same outfits. Well, it's like supernatural, same thing. You know, it's very easy exactly. to cosplay as those characters because, you know, they tend to wear the same things. Put on some jeans and a flannel shirt, and all of a sudden you're Dean. You know? <laughs> exactly. 100%. It's video games do the same thing. Uh, tons of shit. Like you said, tons of shows do the same thing. So it's just, yeah. And that, that and whenever I see that in a show, it always kind of makes me chuckle a little bit because I'm like, huh. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, no I like this. Yeah, I liked it enough. Um, I think I agree that the. Uh, I actually really liked the idea that they got to see their mom, but realized that she couldn't stay because she was the one that kept the fucking thing closed in the first place. Um, what I didn't like was that you know Sherlock was just like, "Bye." I was like, "Okay," um, and I really didn't like the power of friendship because I think it took away from the character's development into being a stronger character, so. But that's whatever. No, I get that. Uh, especially if it's for a younger audience and a lot of girls are going to be watching it, like, why not Why not make the female character, I hate, I don't know why I say it like that, why not make that girl a strong character that she was able to do it on her own? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why not? why not showcase that versus like, she had to have her friends there to, to help her. And I guess I guess they kind of did both. It was like friend, they, the, the friends were there for a part of it, and then and then it turned into later that she was able to do it on her own when she went up against the linen man by herself. But yeah, you know, it is important to have friends, and um, that sort of relationship does tend to be more important at that young adult age so you know forming those kinds of bonds as we get older we don't tend to stick with them you know so and again you know it all just kind of fell into the story and i think you know we all have valid reasons for liking it and disliking it you know i mean but if if i were going to recommend it to his target audience i'd, I'd definitely say yeah it's, it's worth a watch yeah you know? i'd say like uh, yeah if you have if you have teenage kids Sit down and watch it with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll probably dig it, and you'll probably roll your eyes at a few moments, but it won't be horrible. Yeah, very predictable. Uh, 
All right, well, I just got a concerning text from my dad about my dog, so we're going to wrap this bitch up. Okay. Uh, it has to do with their antibiotics, so oh, whatever. Um, uh, yeah, guys, again, sorry. That's going to do it for us. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Episode 3 of Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we're going to be talking about Invincible, which right now, as of recording this, has three episodes on Amazon Prime. Uh, a fourth one will come out, and we'll review those four, and then continue it as it goes on weekly. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, two superhero shows for you. And, uh, um, and two completely different tones as somebody who's already watched the first three episodes of Invincible. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Mike. That's what I was trying to get at, but I was like, I, I don't know how to say this without spoiling it. Uh, different tones entirely. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, make sure you check, check those out and then join us next week. Uh, all the socials, all of the where you can follow the the website, not the website, but the podcast are going to be down below, um, including our tea, tea, the, the Teespring store, where you can get shirts or mugs or hats or a mask, because you know we're still in a pandemic. Um, you can get that on that website. Um, if you if you uh, don't know, we have a YouTube channel where we do this live. You can see our faces. Uh, Maya is a little, you know, depending on how she feels on the day. Um, we record early. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> and it takes me. Well, it takes me. Well, yeah, you say that. You say, well, like, well, I'm three hours behind you. And by the time I get up, you should be, you know, right out and bushy tailed up and at them ready to go. I was no. going to say, I, def- I, de- I was going to say, define the morning because I feel like your morning is like three hours ahead of mine. <laughs> Or three hours, like like you waking up at nine a.m. is the same as me waking up at six a.m. because that's how your your morning is. So so by the time we record this, it's almost noon for you, which I guess is still your morning. I mean, it's technically it's one twenty three in the afternoon now as we're recording this. You know, we've been going for almost two hours. No, it's not my morning, but it's now like I struggle with anything before the crack of noon. Um, the crack of noon. Yeah. So this, I didn't sleep well last night. I got about three and a half hours of sleep. So I just wasn't feeling like getting camera ready this morning. I'm sorry if you tuned in to see my beautiful I'm just face. Teasing. I apologize. I apologize. Makes me sad. I promise. <laughs> maybe I promise that. I promise that next week I will be on camera. Uh. It's all right. I was just making a making a joke. But anyway, guys, you can follow. You can uh, if you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, that would be awesome. Um, we uh, I need to fucking record reviews uh, like solo reviews, but uh, I haven't gotten around to it yet. A lot of shit's going on in my life. Um, but yeah, you know, if if you don't even want to watch them, just go subscribe to it. That'll help us out too. Uh, it'll get the analytics going. Or if you listen to this audio, here's an idea: if you listen to the audio of this. Go to the YouTube channel and comment and uh, and like. That'll help with the algorithm too. That's all. Absolutely. That's, yeah. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Give a thumbs up to each video. Take you about yeah. five minutes of time. That's all we ask. If that, yeah, if that, you can do the shit on your phone. Uh, but yeah. Uh, other than that, folks, uh, uh, Maya, where can folks find you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Don Fisher. 
That's a public profile, so you can follow me if you choose, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I'm more active on Facebook than anything, and primarily use Twitter and Instagram to promote the show, but sometimes I'll promote myself on there. Uh, but as for other shows, you can catch me on on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel uh, every other Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on Figabangin, and then every other or not, not not every other, but every single Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern on Nerd Life Syndicate. And that's where you can catch me. Betty, where can people find you online? Uh, they can find me on Facebook at Betty Badger Ogletree, and they can find me on Twitter at Bright Betty. And other than here, that's where I am. What about you, Greg? I uh, can find me hey. on uh, all, all socials under Chub Rock Geek. Uh, also, um, Anthony and I have been doing a lot of work for the uh, Mission Start line. Um, he's been uploading a lot of uh, clips or short versions of uh, streams we did in the past. Uh, like I said last week, the the whole uh, hyperbole thing is should be up eventually, um, which is fucking hilarious. Hyperbole. Hyperbole is so fucking funny. Um but yeah, like uh, he should be uploading my um, my review of uh, Mortals Phoenix Rising. He did not yet. I thought he had until I went to this fucking YouTube channel and it wasn't there. I was like, "What happened, dude?" And he was like, "Oh, I haven't uploaded it yet." <laughs> All right, I thought you did. Um, but you know, uh, I thought I saw a notification for that too. <laughs> I guess I guess he didn't. Uh, I don't know. He has he has a job and responsibility so i get why it's taking time he did he did make me laugh uh, yesterday because he was like hey check this out and somebody had uh, uh bought the um the website because we changed our website from missionstartpodcast.com to just missionstart.tv i thought that dropping the podcast was going to be important because if we're doing other projects on top of doing the podcast we don't want everything to be labeled podcast so um we 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 bought missionstart.tv and uh, that's what we've been using and that you know you go there to get all of our stuff when we when we decide to make anything and um, uh, he uh, somebody had bought the missionstartpodcast.com and they're like a game animation studio and uh, when when he texts me that and he sends me like hey check out who bought this I'm like who the fuck is that and he tells me and I said. Uh, I said, okay, like they, like, I, I didn't know that we didn't have it anymore. He's like, yeah, I, I, I got rid of it. Like, why keep it? We can sell it. And I was like, okay, cool. How much should we get for it? And he's like, well, we didn't get anything because we just, you know, it went back to GoDaddy. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> um, but he said, here's the funny part you can't Google Mission Start Podcast without finding all of our stuff. You can't find any of their stuff with, through Google. And he goes, I contacted them, but I don't know if they'll ever get back to me. And I was like, well, <laughs> That's on them. Yeah, yeah, because that's on them to set up their meta tags and search yep. keywords and yep. all that. <laughs> so funny. All right. But yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody, uh, that's it for me. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure you watch Falcon Winter Soldier and Invincible. Join us next week. We'll see you then. Peace, love, and polypops. Take care, everybody.